Hey guys, the following podcast is a Lady Gang Network and Podcast One production, which means it's going to be awesome. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our Keep Stock Inventory Management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com slash Keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, group chat. I know y'all see my text. There's tea to be spilled. Each week, we're bringing you our unfiltered take on culture, news, dating, and our lives as black millennial women. We're coming to y'all with the honesty and eye rolls that only a text chain with your girls can. This is Black Girls Texting with Chelsea, Glenn, and Shade. another episode of black girls texting it's me Shade. sorry for any background noise can't find my mic i'm joined by bedside brett brett bedside brett and chelsea pinky on red or reply i'm gonna kick off our red or reply um i have nothing to reply to and i'm leaving everything on red i'm extremely busy i am tired my back hurts my knees hurt my ankles hurt yeah. Ankles. How about you guys? What you was doing? How your ankles you was dancing hurt? Dancing the thought shit. What you was doing? Wearing heels, running around is um, complicated. But yeah, what about you, ladies? Um. Okay. So my reply this week is just for some things happening in culture. Um. A lot of my favorite shows are back on. Betty, Generation, Dave. I just started wow, watching the show. What is that? What you were gonna do? Literally, I have a list of my shows. Ah! <laughs> oh my god I was about to recommend shows no no, no go ahead Chelsea maybe we should just have like a segment one day um yeah. so I love this show called blind spotting on stars it's based off of the film blind spotting and it's David Diggs is in it from Hamilton and then um Jasmine Cephas Jones and um what's the dude's name Shada you love this man I always forget his name he's in in the heights the main Anthony, Anthony Ramos um, Anthony why Ramos. do I love him I feel like you've said that before. You're like, I love Anthony Ramos. He makes an appearance in it, but it's kind of cool because they're all from Hamilton and David Diggs made this show and it takes place in Oakland where this woman's um, boyfriend gets locked up on like uh, Molly possession and she goes and stays with their family. But it's like kind of a um, musical. There's like these moments mm. where they where there's monologues and like spoken word. It's like genre bending. It's really, really, really cool. I like it a lot. Um, and then music I'm feeling right now is hers new album. Um, she's just so soulful. I really like, I just love her. Um, there's this song called process that I keep listening to over and over and over, which is just like the song to play when people have tried you way too much. So I recommend. And then also I'm loving that shit. This Megan Thee Stallion, you know, I've talked about in the past how, I just haven't been feeling a lot of her recent projects, but that shit I'm really into. I think it's because she's going back to her whole like Tina Snow rapping like really hard and just being very bossy. And the video is crazy. Have y'all seen the video? No, not yet. Oh my God, bitch. I'm just going to tell you, maybe let me not spoil it. The video is absolutely insane. It's insane. Oh, I'm excited. Um, Yeah, I recommend. And then um, on Red, 
I mentioned to Shade and Chelsea this, but I went to get my hair braided this weekend. Just some simple straight backs. Um, I have one long dreadlock at the back of my head that I started growing almost 10 years ago when I went on a trip to Thailand, met this Thai Rasta, almost joined a cult with him or harem. That's another story. (laughs) But he does or he did locks and I asked him to lock a piece of my hair in the back of my head and it has since grown mad long and I've been wanting to cut it anyway but that did not give this woman an excuse to just take out a pair of scissors and slip my shit when the simple when the uh the assignment was to give me eight straight back braids (laughs) and she cut my dreadlock in half it was just out of nowhere credit a loud ass snip girl (laughs) I was I was appalled it was just it was it was traumatic honestly okay anyway Chelsea Go. Yeah, that's wild. Um, okay, so as I mentioned, since I love TV and apparently Glenn is trying to steal my TV thunder, I also was going to reply to a few TV shows. Betty, which you already mentioned, I just love that show. I want to learn how to be a skateboarder. I love how I get to like see my city. I, I love anything that I get to see New York in. Um, also, Flatbush Misdemeanors on Showtime. Again, I get to see my neighborhood. It's very like quirky comedy but like I I just like it because there's like so many things that I can relate to like they talk about the corn soup special and like I don't know I love it um in the heights which is a film on HBO it's been very controversial um and maybe we should like do an episode about that but overall I enjoyed it I was bawling called my mother and said thank you for all the sacrifices of immigrating to this country um then Run the World on Stars, another New York show. It takes place in Harlem, though, which... Mm, I can even I see to... Harlem through the show. Yes, I, I like it. Um, I actually went to Harlem yesterday and I actually ended up at a bar that was in the show, which was really cool. That's but I do cool. kind of wish, like, the, the characters, like, lived, like, Harlem, Brooklyn, maybe, like, somewhere in lower Manhattan, but whatever. Um, it's a Harlem-based show, uh, kind of like a, I guess, if I had to compare, like, a Sex in the City, Girlfriends type for friends kind of show. Um, and then another thing I'm replying to, which I guess this could be black girl doing shit, but I just want to reply to it, is Maya marrying herself. Did you guys see that? Who? Maya, the singer. Like You're lying. She did? Yes, she married herself. Full wedding gown. Stan. Yeah, I think it's like super cool. I think more women should consider that. Um, yeah, I would you guys, have, would you ever marry yourself? Yeah, like uh, symbolically. Actually, someone we know married themselves one of Paz's friends had a like a self-commitment ceremony just like symbolically like maybe as a birthday party or something I'm rolling my eyes the point of marriage is for a tax write-off so (laughs) ma'am come on now I can't do that with myself I think it'd be fire I'm not like a white gown and everything and just throw a party and just like give vows to yourself like I vow to continue taking care of my body I know like whatever it's cute that's a no for me personally but (laughs) go forth and go prosper (laughs) go off Maya um and then something that I'm leaving on red (sighs) well two things sorry I have I'm doubling up this week the first thing is White people getting Juneteenth off. This past weekend was Juneteenth. I'm confused why white people get the day off, personally. I think it's a little backwards. I think if anything, they should be working for free. (laughs) Well, you know, Kamala was like, holidays. And this is the thing that makes that, because eventually this, it's already started to become like, monetized and capitalized upon Mm. but she was saying like holidays are moments that we're supposed to reflect and sit back and 
Um, so like white people on Juneteenth have been charged to like think about their place in society and then black people are supposed to rest. But you know they weren't though. They were white in people the Hamptons. Gonna be partying. Yeah, in the Hamptons with they were like at Magnum our Rose bottles. <laughs> Um, it didn't seem like there was much reflection that I saw. Um, so it was just another day off for them, which doesn't make sense to me. Um, I also saw this like tweet that Marjan posted that I just want to share related to that topic. She is from Texas, as we know. And she said, someone tweeted, my mom recently told me that the first year Juneteenth became a holiday in Texas, the white medical staffers all took off to force their black counterparts to work that day. That vileness still permeates Texas nationwide slash nationwide. And that's so depressing because, but she also said we need to celebrate Juneteenth anyways. Um, yeah. Which is kind of crazy. And I then, mean, that was so sickening. I was like, wow, y'all. Yeah. It was wild. And then, yeah, I'll, I'll just leave that on, on red for now. I'm still, my feelings on Juneteenth are just steadily developing. I don't know. We'll just see how I feel next year because it's a thing now. Yeah. Wait, can I just tell you something else about Juneteenth? Mm-hmm. Because I saw it and I also thought this was super interesting. Um, so as you as our listeners should know by now, I have like I have no American like United States blood in my veins. Um, and someone tweeted, LMAO, I said what I said. Juneteenth is not for Africans, West Indians, Afro Latinos, none of that. While the diaspora as a whole was affected by slavery slash forced migration, that does not make us all descendants of chattel slavery. That only happened in the U.S. I Ooh. wonder your thoughts on that. So, I mean, this could be partially a hotline bling, but somebody texted me that same shit. Someone That's not accurate. That yeah, it's not. Chattel slavery yeah. everywhere. Chattel slavery is the term, right? For, but this was, but Juneteenth is in honor of the emancipation of slaves of enslaved people in america right in officially texas. in texas yep. um so i mean i don't know maybe it's just symbolic of a larger thing which then i wonder like how people in texas feel like is it just being co-opted do we even know how they really celebrate it there it's still right. quite local for them you know right like could a texas texan then say why are people in new york celebrating juneteenth like it's it's so silly to me because Yes, these aren't my direct descendants, but they're still my descendants. Like they're the cousins and brothers and husbands or wives of the people that were dropped off in Trinidad. So, and and I'm not saying that I'm centering what happened in my country, but I do think it's beautiful to celebrate all Black liberation. Like I want to celebrate Haitian Independence Day. I want to celebrate all of it. So I just think these diaspora wars are fucking weird and like at first it was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna think critically about this. But like now I'm just getting like annoyed by it. Like we're all black. This is so stupid. Um where are your you aliens in yeah. America? I, I'm off that app. You deleted uh Clubhouse? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean we we're all here, right? So we can celebrate this holiday that is of the diaspora if you're a caribbean person living in america an african person living in america i don't know and also it's silly everyone's so mixed up like everyone is some caribbean some potentially latin american okay a lot of people so many (laughs) no but it's not it's not necessarily that you're caribbean but like your descendants are related to my descendants that is true they split up families that too we're the same people that part 
just like over years, we might've changed and mixed a little differently, but we're, we come from the same thing. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. Um, yeah. So that was it. That was my red. I said, I'm not Caribbean. <laughs> I know I said that quick. Sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I'm, I wouldn't, I would never call myself African-American, right. but I know your descendants are still related to my descendants, which would make us related. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. 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 Ooh, yeah. I mean, someone was texting me about that, and it was on Juneteenth day, and I was like, I don't think I'm ready for all what of this they right say? now. The same thing as that tweet. Like, this is your hotline bling. I mean, I guess it was it a, was it an American it was, or a West it was Indian? An American that also has like Caribbean people in their family. So and and Afro Latinos. So I was like, sir. <laughs> I mean, let's just. Is this who I think it is? Mm-hmm. Wow. Can I get a hint? The man upstairs. I was oh. say, <laughs> the neighbor knows her not name. God. <laughs> not, not God. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was one thing. I mean, I, 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 my again, I said my feelings about Juneteenth are just ever evolving, ever evolving. Um, I will say that another other ways that my hotline are blinging, and this will be for a later episode. I've hinted at this, like I think on the last episode, so many things have changed in my romantic life. And um, that man with the child I'm no longer involved with. So I'm really being a lot more intentional in these streets. And um, ironically, when Shade and I did our little challenge a couple of weeks back when we had to meet all these men that ticked all these different boxes, Chelsea and I were at the same like Juneteenth celebration this weekend. This boy came up to me and was like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, hi. He's like, you don't remember me? I'm like, "Mm, mm, should I remember you? Apparently he was one of the boys that I checked, that checked the box for me. But baby, let me tell you, the young man looked very different in the light. (laughs) I was like, you was, whole time you were fine. I should not have just made you a, 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 did you overhear me talking to him? I was saying all kind of nonsense to the young man. No, I didn't, um, I, you didn't, I didn't see him, but afterwards you were like, that was the guy. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he is fine, girl. So yes, now he's in my phone. I was like, well, you know what? I guess I already got your number. He was like, yeah, you do. So <laughs> there's that on that. <laughs> anyway. I, who, I can forgive him for that pickup line though. What pickup line? Was he the one that said, if you want this big... Hell no, not oh, him. No, okay. no, 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 no. Okay, okay, okay. No, 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 no. This was a very nice young man. Okay. Very nice young man. Good. That's I'll beautiful. send you his page. He's a nice looking brother. Yeah. <laughs> My good sis, that's a black girl doing shit. So today for our Black Girl Doing Shit, I am so excited. We have Abby Phillip. She's a CNN senior political correspondent and anchor of Inside Politics on Sundays. Um, That's an hour-long in-depth conversation of this week's or of the week's most important political storylines. She's just a beautiful, Black, uh, intelligent, extremely poised, mother-to-be, wife, uh, Trinidadian woman. And I am so excited that she's on. Um, I'm so excited for you all to hear this conversation. We talk about all sorts of things from activism and politics to um, Black politicians to- To, Can you wear a bonnet outside? Can you wear a bonnet outside? That time Trump told her that she asked really stupid questions, so disrespectful and crusty. 
Um, but yeah, I'm so excited for you all to listen to the combo. All right, y'all. It's time for the group chat. Abby, we are so excited to have you. And I have to say, from the moment we saw you on television, we were obsessed. You are this young Black woman who is beautiful and poised and always just like understands the assignment, as they say. <laughs> um, and you really represent like the utmost like professionalism in every situation. I also feel personally connected because I found out that you're Trinidadian. Is that true? Yeah, that is true. Shout yeah. out. Trini yeah. to the bone. Yeah. Trini <laughs> <laughs> Um But I was wondering, well, I wanted to talk about a few things. So basically our group chat, we talk about everything from like how to start an IRA to like boys to like, (laughs) you know, how to quit a job. I'm having to do that now, which I'm terrified about. That is very Uh, important. (laughs) Yeah. Any advice on how to quit? Because I have to do that. I mean, first of all, I'm very in favor of quitting jobs. I think it's (laughs) important to do. (laughs) Uh, you got to just rip the bandaid off. You really do. Um, but it just depends on your situation because like sometimes what you really want to do is like, um, you want to see kind of where your current employer is coming in terms of, do they value you? Do they want you to stay? So sometimes you might come to them when you haven't accepted your offer yet Mm -hmm. and just let them know that you're thinking about it. And then they might come back to you and say, Hey, you know, we, you, we, we love you. We want to keep you. Here's a raise. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to move up and, you know, and, and get, get more, um, get more money out of a situation. But yeah. I've been in a situation probably more times where I'm like, I'm ready to go. It, yeah. There's nothing you can say or do to keep me here, accept my offer, go into the room and say, I've made this decision. And it's really, you know, I'm very like, I'm very, you know, just averse risk of, or not a risk averse, but just averse to confrontation. So it's a, always very anxiety producing to do that, yeah. but you just need to do it. And you probably should, when you're really, really sure you need to go, make sure you do it when you've, you've accepted your offer. You're like ready to go. Otherwise you might find yourself being like, Oh, well, I guess maybe I could stay. <laughs> and that's not necessarily what you want out of a situation. So yeah, I'm like, I'm struggling right now because, I mean, she might hear this, but my current boss is this amazing, like, really smart Black woman. I've never really had a Black woman boss, but I just got another offer, and so I'm going to have to quit, and I'm yeah. just, like, so anxious about it. Anyways, yeah. um, uh, but you're also, so I want to ask, like, silly questions and serious questions, so I'm going to start with a silly question. Um, any opinions on black women wearing bonnets in public? Oh. <laughs> that's a hot topic. Mm, you know, as as you said, I'm Trinidadian, so that's the type of thing that my grandmother would have been like, excuse me? Like, you do not wear your bonnet outside of the house. You don't even wear your bonnet really outside of the bedroom in my grandmother's world, to be honest. But I actually don't believe in that. I feel like if you're in your home, you can do whatever you want to do. It's your house. It's your hair. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like they can stay at home. <laughs> like, like, we don't really need to be wearing the shower caps outside, like, or the bonnets outside. I think it's okay. <laughs> I know. People I... say that they wear them on airplanes. And because, you know, it's dry up there. You yeah. You touch your hair. You're going to be leaning your head against the window. Oh, yeah. You know? You know, I have done that 
on like a business class flight. Like <laughs> if I'm in a pod. Right. Right. right no right, one can right. see. Which is my bedroom for <laughs> right. the night. But I don't know that I'm really doing that. There are other methods to protect your hair. Let's put it that way. You could do like a flight. chic scarf. Is that yeah, a scarf? Or, I or like a, scarf. a bandana or, yeah. you know, not, you know, like something to protect your edges or whatever it is that you want to do. I mean, but you know what, whatever. I, do do you? I feel like people <laughs> who are truly free are probably wearing their bonnets outside, which is fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could always get one of um, Robin from uh, Housewives of Potomac, her little hat. Man. Has a silk. Right, right. <laughs> what are they a called? Silk inside. I did silk. think that was a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Like you could get a cute silk inside hat, but I, I, I agree. No bonnets outside for me. Um, okay. A serious question now. You are a Harvard grad and you have your own show on Inside Politics um, on CNN. Um, And I just wonder how you manage, like, keeping your composure. Like, as a Black woman, you know, we just saw, we're we're Housewives fans here. I'm not sure if you're a Housewives fan. I am as well. Okay. (laughs) So we just saw Ebony K. Williams, the first Black New York housewife, kind Mm. of have to defend herself for reacting. Um, She was called angry, uh, which we know is kind of like a racist trope used against Black women specifically. So how do you manage keeping your composure when people are disrespectful? Like when Donald Trump was disrespectful and said that you were asking stupid questions, for example, how do you keep your cool in those moments? Well, you know, I'm, I'm sympathetic to Ebony because First of all, that's the whole thing about these shows is that you're supposed to be kind of like, you know, interesting. And in order to be interesting, you have to be unafraid of confrontation. And Mm -hmm. like, I don't think that it's fair to be critical of people in that kind of setting, you know, when that's the whole point of the show. And um, so there's that. And, but, but, you know, in my world, like as a journalist, I don't really feel the need to to um, ever get to that level. You know, I'm not an activist. I'm not a partisan. So I play a different role in the ecosystem. Mm. And that's the first thing that makes my life different from, you know, other people who you might see on television, which is that I'm not there to like get get in a huge fight with like Rick Santorum or like, you know, Mm -hmm. or whoever it is like. That's not my my job. And I have always found, you know, journalism aside, that you kill them with kindness. And I think sometimes the most disarming and unsettling thing to people uh, is when you are calm, right. when they are being crazy, yeah. um, or when you come armed with the facts, when they are trying to get under your skin I have always tried to default to a calm place because I find that that is way more effective against um, bad faith actors or um, people who are trying to just stir things up, whether it's on TV or on Twitter, which I've experienced before. I've had people, you know, I've had all kinds of people come after me, whether it's Donald Trump or, uh, you know, democratic staffers on on social media i've had people try to come at me in all kinds of crazy ways and i've always responded by just trying to be professional and calm and at the end of the day it kind of makes them look stupid because they look like they are 
out of control or that they um, just lack a certain degree of civility. And I think that there should be a little bit more civility, but that's just my approach. I'm not faulting anyone for when they're angry, being angry, because I think as Black women, we have a right to be angry too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a right to show our emotions too. But my per- my personal approach, and this has been true, I think, for most of my, you know, like adult life, maybe even my teen years, was that I've just found that when dealing with with situations of confrontation, staying calm and coming at the situation factually and soberly is often very disconcerting to people. And it's easier to win the argument that way. Mm-hmm. You know, something I've noticed in like a lot of praise that you get, I was watching some of your like highlight reels and people in the comments are always saying like how professional you are, how you keep your cool. But they also say that you're so articulate. And in this episode, the past episode with um, uh, who we were just talking about, Ebony, Ebony K. Williams, yeah. someone called her articulate. Heather. Heather. And everybody mm-hmm. was like, Ooh. and I wondered <laughs> um, if anyone's ever said that to you, how do you take that? Um, how do you receive yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure people have said that to me about me. Um, how do I receive it? I mean, yeah. I I I feel like um, I there's a little bit of like an eye roll because it's it's always surprising to people when black people surprise them, <laughs> and that you know I don't want to say that that makes you it doesn't make you racist. It just means that you're ability to see people of color in different spaces, in different roles, to believe that they have as much ability as other people is limited. And sometimes for, for people, it's limited because of their experience. They they don't interact with Black people that often or brown people that often. Um, and, and, you know, and I've had, I've seen, honestly, I've seen like some white people do this to Black folks totally inadvertently. Mm-hmm. All, yeah. all they're trying to say is, I really liked what you said. I really thought you said it really well in a way that I couldn't have said it myself. Mm-hmm. And I am sympathetic to that. I get it. Articulate is obviously probably not the word. <laughs> like <laughs> we can avoid that word, but um, sometimes it's just a reaction to being impressed by someone. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be impressed by someone, but the uh, the undercurrent for Black folks is always that you're impressed by them because you're surprised that it happened. Mm-hmm. And um, that's not unusual. I mean, I think that I've encountered that a lot uh, in people in, you know, in my career, over, in my life, people constantly being surprised to, to see me show up or walk into a room or that, you know, um, even the way that some, sometimes people will say, you know, I'm so, I'm so happy that CNN decided to promote you (laughs) or, um, you know, they'll, they'll say things that kind of imply that, uh, that it was sort of like, um, you know, I think that when, when white men are promoted, it's immediately believed to be well-deserved when, when black people, black women are promoted, it's sort of like, you're given a shot, like you're, they're taking a chance on you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a little bit of a different kind of tone to it. 
And I don't think people mean it that way necessarily, but that's the undercurrent of it. And that's pretty common too. Um, do I let any of this affect me? I mean, really, no, but, but that's the reality of the situation. Yeah. That makes me think of, I'm trying to remember her name. She's the, the Senator. She always speaks out about, um, Asian, you know, rights. Uh, I believe she's in a wheelchair. I'm sorry. Oh, Tammy Duckworth. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, I'm speaking to you. I should know. (laughs) Um, But she was speaking about how, you know, there should be Asian representation in politics and on the view, which is another show that I love. Um, Megan McCain was basically like, we shouldn't pick people based on race. And I was so offended by that statement because I was like, she never said pick people by race. Like Mm -hmm. there are enough qualified people of color who can take up these seats. So it's, as you mentioned, it's just like this assumption that if you get into this high position, somehow it's just like, you know, you got, you got the chance probably because of your race, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That it was like a game of, um, you know, someone, someone sort of rescued you or picked you out of like obscurity and said, here's your shot, you know, as opposed to you worked your way up, you, you deserve it just like everybody else who's worked their way up deserves it or has proven themselves, et cetera. And, and yeah, I mean, I think that that situation with the view is really emblematic. I think I said, um, you know, on Twitter, after she said that, I was like, there have been more view co-hosts who are the daughters of famous people than view co-hosts who have been, who were Asian American. That's not a meritocracy under any circumstances. There's no way you can tell me that that is because the daughters of famous people deserved it, worked harder, we're, too, we're smarter, we're better qualified than mm. any number of Asian people in this country. So it, it doesn't pass the small test. Yeah. And it's like, it's not even just with jobs. Like I'm thinking about schools. I know you went to, you know, probably the best school in our country. Um, and, you know, people say that when you're in the classroom. I remember when you guys probably experienced this or Sade probably at Trinity, but when you're in school, someone's like, oh, you got here because you're black. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and you got here because your dad went here and bought the library. Boom. <laughs> exactly. What but a like, great clap back. We should be pulling <laughs> that clap back out a bit more, you know? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, you know, it's funny because uh, just real quick, yeah. having gone to Harvard, I was like so late to the train about like going to school with people whose parents were doing something. So I would always be surprised. I'd be like, oh, your dad is like the guy whose name is on the the library Mm -hmm. and like, and you know, it, by the time I graduated, I realized, okay, like there's probably a good 30%. And actually that's not an exaggeration. There's like a good 30% of students at Harvard who are somebody's kid and uh, you know, legacy in one way, shape or form. And that's extraordinary. And then you have people like crying about affirmative action. It's like the real issue (laughs) in these Ivy league schools is not affirmative action. It's all the kids who come get in because their parents donated a hundred thousand dollars to the school. Yeah. Do you guys get those like lists and then on ours, it'll always say like P and then the year. So that kind of is indicative oh, of like, parent. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and so oh, we'll always get these lists and it'll be like such and such the third. And it's like, 
P57, P da da da. And it's like their grandparents. Oh, they're grandparents. Right. It's like, yeah. It, I did not know that was a thing. Yep. Yeah. But you know what? More power to them. You know, we're all fighting to give our kids a better opportunity in the next generation. So. Correct. I mean, I know. I'm sure you I want your future so. baby going to Harvard. <laughs> Something, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I think at the end of the day, that's really, I mean, Black folks, sure, we we might say, like, let's get rid of legacies, but I think we also just want to have the chance to create Build a legacy one. for our kids, too. Yeah, It's really, yeah. that's really what it's about. I'm pulling up the Black nepotism. nepotism. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> let's go. Yes, ma'am. Um, oh okay, silly question. Should we cancel Cater to You? <laughs> the Destiny Shall song. <laughs> You know, I have always found that song to be a little problematic. I'm it's not going to lie. Problematic. Do you think Bills, Bills, Bills is problematic? No. Hmm. <laughs> That's harder. <laughs> I mean, I definitely had more of a problem with Cater to You than Bills, Bills, Bills. Because I felt like Bills, Bills, Bills was like a little bit more empowering. It was kind of like, you can't mooch off of me. You need to mm-hmm. at least be able to pay your own bills. This is true. Is that what they're saying? I think she says you have to pay my bills. (laughs) No, because when you hear all the lyrics, she's like, you ask to use my car, you drive it all day, you don't fill up the tank. You You have the audacity to come and step to me. And ask to hold some money from me until you get your check next week. Right. I mean, I the think the, the thing about I know the, the lyrics. Song. How do you know those lyrics? <laughs> wow. Because I am a real child of the 90s. Okay. I don't know about you. <laughs> I wouldn't mean to pull that off my head. I would like agree. That. I feel like, look, the, the theme of bills is, it's not so much, it is a little bit, can you pay my bills? But it's really, you can't pay your bills. Correct. And so you're mooching off of me cater to you I don't know I've just never I've never like really identified with that song and I think now maybe we're realizing that because it's a little bit problematic but that being said I mean if you're in a committed relationship then I actually think catering to someone in the committed relationship is perfectly fine it just needs to be a two-way street that's all absolutely (laughs) and we don't know what came before that I assume in the context of the song that it's a mutual thing Maybe it's really the tone of like, I would die if you weren't there. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, and there's definitely a, the whole, like, I'm going to maintain my weight lyric. You're lying. <laughs> oh yeah. my God. See, yeah. Verse. Oh, yeah. what's wrong yeah. with staying fit? There's no, but, wrong it's with like staying for who, fit. but not for who? Actually, I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I, mean, I don't know. Cater to you is still a bop. I love the the vocal song. range and the, the vocal stylings on that yeah. song are just so good. See, so I just try not to pay attention to the lyrics. That's right. all. <laughs> it's just fun to do the runs. Oh my god! I would tie wow. somebody's do rag. I would love to do that. I would do a couple <laughs> of those things. You know, the untie your shoes. That one gets me. Oh, Unti- okay, no, but you could they, if they have their feet propped up and it's a long day. You or take off shoes your shoes while while yeah. we're talking. Not like I'm bent down on the floor taking the shoes off. <laughs> That's that would be how I envisioned it. Yeah, but maybe Tuesday you're taking off his shoes, and then Wednesday after your long day, he takes off your shoes. Then <laughs> you're like on the couch, and your shoes. leg is on their lap. You right. Know? Then we're talking. I mean, I do think that we would be fine with the with like a man singing a version of Cater to You. Like we would probably be okay with that. 
Agreed. Yes. Definitely. I'm sure Tank right. made a song like that. That sounds like <laughs> right. Exactly. To do. Well, maybe. <laughs> but also like <laughs> take it to the next level after that. He right? absolutely would. It's it would about go impregnating. Like... <laughs> right. Be a little left. bit more explicit. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, I just think as long as it's a mutual thing, it's cool. Like whatever. If you want to take off your partner's shoes, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as long as he's history. okay with taking yours off sometimes too yeah <laughs> now now the lyrics are in my head oh my gosh <laughs> um I'm very curious on so we've talked about this in our not our group chat I guess on the phone within our Instagram chat so black girl sexing there's levels to all the ways in which we communicate mm-hmm. but um Kamala's recent comments around immigration Mm. um her being the child of immigrants uh we wanted to know your take on that and especially because i want to say it was mark lamont hill who Mm -hmm. um i really like how he spoke on his opinions but also said you know we're not going to let anyone disrespect her and it's like always Mm. towing this line Mm. i think as black women of being like okay i personally didn't like what she said but i'm also not going to let people start calling her out of her name like that's never going to happen What are your thoughts? Yeah, that that, that's been really interesting to watch. Right. This has always been the case with whether it's Kamala Harris or Barack Obama, you know, black politicians in the black community, especially there's often a desire to protect them from bad Mm -hmm. faith attacks. And there are a lot of bad faith faith attacks like it wasn't long before on Fox News, things got pretty racist, uh, saying that she was, you only became vice president because she was black and a woman, not mentioning at all that she was an elected prosecutor in the largest state in the country. She was a senator. Like, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Um, That being said, I mean, look, I, I feel like we're watching Democrats figure out, okay, like she's a, she's the second most powerful person in the country now she can't be outside of criticism on mm-hmm. policy issues. And, you know, the, the thing about do not come, on the one hand, I thought it was perplexing that she got criticized for that because that is the Biden administration's policy. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. like that is what other Biden officials, that's what Joe Biden has said. Right. And um, there was a there was some sort of like, expectation almost that she would say something different. And I don't understand why that would be, even though that is the policy of the administration that she is a part of. Mm-hmm. And so, so there's that, but then to your point, a lot of people were saying, well, she's the child of immigrants. So she should know better. She should do better. She should say better. I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. You know what I mean? I think that there are, first of all, a lot of immigrant stories in this country, a lot of ways that people become immigrants in this country. I don't think that it means having one, just one experience. Um, I think also that regardless of whether she's a child of immigrants or not, I mean, it would have been stranger for her to go to Guatemala and say something completely contrary to the administration's stated policy. So I, you know, I thought that there was, in some ways, there's often a lot of unfair criticism of her over dumb things. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, for example, the, um, 
Memorial Day tweet that she did in which conservatives criticized her for also tweeting. She, she tweeted a Memorial Day commemoration. And then she also tweeted, have a nice weekend. And they were like, oh my God, you know, she hates veterans and the troops and whatever, oh, even boy. not re- not recalling that, you know, for four years, uh, the former president played golf most Memorial Day weekends and right. has tweeted and most of the time would tweet things like completely unrelated to what Memorial Day is all about. So things like that. I mean, sometimes it's on the right. And then on the left, uh, this sort of focusing in on that one comment, which she didn't invent, mm-hmm. I thought was interesting too. But Black folks, I think, um, you know, I mean, frankly, I don't think that that's the way that you handle politicians. You can't have, like, you can't give them a pass because you need to protect them. In fact, mm-hmm. it's probably in her in their best interest that they not necessarily be protected um, in moments like this so that they can learn and figure it out. And, um, and, and go through that experience, because the thing is, you don't want to, you know, I think that it would be, I think that's an interesting strategy, if you are, in fact, someone's ally, to never give them the critique, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I mean, would you want that from from your friends? Like, they never really tell it to you straight? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that that's really problematic. um, But it is a real thing that I've, heard people tell me about her and I've seen people tell me about her and about Barack Obama and about other black politicians. And I don't know that that is serving anyone mm-hmm. well. Yeah. I also feel like, I don't know when I watched it, I feel like everyone pulled like the don't come quote, but I thought when I watched it, I thought she was saying like, like advising them, like the illegal way of coming is dangerous for you um and at the end of the day when you make it here you'll be arrested right. because that's our law so like don't come that way that's what I took from yeah it. I mean that is the po- that is exactly what they're trying to convey which is don't come through Mexico and risk your life or your child's life more importantly, because this is really problematic, particularly for children who oftentimes make this journey alone. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. very dangerous and many of them do not make it. Mm -hmm. Many of them are killed or abused or traumatized on the journey. So that is what they're trying to convey. Mm -hmm. And, um, but there are a lot of activists in the democratic party who don't agree with that message. They just don't. They just don't believe that you should tell people not to come to the border because they believe that anyone arriving by any means necessary is um, an act of desperation that deserves to be met with, um, you know, with sympathy or whatever, or humanitarian aid. And that is true. It, once, once you arrive, you, we're a, a, for, you know, we're a democratic nation who is supposed to abide by humanitarian laws. Yeah, we are supposed to treat people in a humane way. But I think the administration is trying to say, what about the people who don't make it? Mm-hmm. And that's what I took. And what and and our message to to people who are still at home is don't take that chance. There are other ways that you can get here. That's those are the two sides of the of the coin. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I felt like if she had gotten up there and said, come one, come all, that would be so detrimental. Oh, people would have um, lost But my question too. is, could she and- have just not said anything at all? Like, did she have to speak on the process? I'm guessing because of the context I think they of do. the conversation, she had to say something. Yeah, I think that she did because that was a, a big part of the trip was to, mm-hmm. the reason she went there in the first place was basically to say, we want to stop people from making this journey. Mm-hmm. and we need to tell people directly and they're also trying to create pathways internally in those countries so that people can come to seek asylum without having to travel right uh mm-hmm. you know by train or through by in caravans or what have you right. so she had to say something i mean that was the whole point of the trip yeah yeah i, I don't know i got it but um I also wanted to know, because you mentioned like some of the Democratic politicians and you said the word activists. So I know like people like AOC and the quote unquote, I think this is like a not the nicest way to refer to them, but the squad. um, They're kind of called like activists. Do you think a politician should be an activist? Mm. Um, You know, that's a really interesting question. I think increasingly they are. Mm. a lot of politicians started out in like pure activism, like Cory mm-hmm. Bush right. um, and others. And I mean, I think even Kamala Harris would describe herself as an activist for certain things. So should they be? I don't know. I should mean, that I think, be the, that should be maybe the core of their I mean, work, the, the right? problem though is There's that law is that Mm -hmm. the government is a very different entity than activism. Mm -hmm. Activism is about pushing, uh, you know, pushing, encouraging, raising awareness for a particular cause. I I think that at the end of the day, what, what becomes challenging when activists go into government is that you need to A, do something, B, it might require compromise. So it might Mm -hmm. require you maybe uh, diluting or delaying some of your priorities. Mm -hmm. Um, And getting something done is the responsibility of a politician. It's not just raising awareness. It's not just, um, you know, putting pressure on a certain situation. It's not just, you know, it's not just just uh, kind of talking about something. It's actually doing things and doing things often in, in government requires compromise. So it's a, it's I think it's been a tricky and difficult situation for many members of Congress. You mentioned the squad. Many of the members of the squad are dealing with that tension right now. Mm-hmm. And you know, the question for them that they face, especially many of the freshmen, people like Cory Bush and Jamal Bowman and others, is how much are they willing to compromise to get something done? Mm-hmm. Are they willing to compromise to get something done? As activists, they might have said, no way, no how, we're not compromising. But as a politician, you serve constituents who are who are expecting, you know, the, the question for your constituents is, okay, Like, let's say you have a choice between a $1,600 check and a $1,200 check. Are you going to take a $0 check or a $1,200 check? Because you, you know, 
if you don't get 1600, are you going to take zero? You're going to take 1200. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the, the challenge for, for politicians when they get to Washington is that sometimes uh, you really can't let the perfect be the enemy of the good because uh, change can be incremental, especially when you're talking about government In government change is usually not like dramatic and huge. And, you know, that's, that's rare. It does happen, but it's rare. Usually it's more incremental than that. That's what I always wonder, um, like how we can push things like towards progress. Cause I feel like you do have to have those people that are like screaming down your throat, but then at the same time they do have to compromise. And then it's like, am I not representing in the best way what I firmly believe in because I have to make these compromises? Like, I really don't get like how progress is possible. And I have a lot of like very, very leftist friends that are like, Mm -hmm. they don't even, they're like, I'm not voting. I'm not participating in this system. I'm not doing Mm -hmm. anything. Like everything needs to be grassroots, but I'm just like, but, but then how does anything change? But the system exists. Yeah, I just don't get it. I don't know how it it would work. So like, this is a genuine question that I'm always like very Mm -hmm. stumped on that I'm like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I... uh, Not that you have all the answers to that. (laughs) I I think that that is like such a, um, you know, it's such an age-old challenge. I think it's particularly these days, I see a lot of people kind of grappling with that or deciding, like you said, that they want to get out of the system altogether because they don't think it works. But Mm -hmm. my view, my personal view of history is that the system can work, but it really does require incremental progress. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't, and maybe people see that and they're not satisfied with it. And they say, let's turn the whole table over until everything changes dramatically. But I just don't see that being the example that history teaches us about how things move forward. That um, in general, there are, you know, multiple steps toward, uh, you know, freedom and liberation and fairness in this country, whether it is starting with, you know, women getting the right to vote and then black people and then, you know, well, you know, all of these things have happened over time and it's, yeah. Is it too slow? Absolutely. Is, was it wrong that it didn't happen at the very beginning? Absolutely. But if people took a step back out of the system and said, we give up on the system altogether, I don't know what would have happened. I think that the progress would have actually stopped. So you need people to keep pushing and to keep pushing in an incremental way, building on things, building on progress that's my view of what American history teaches us about how things change. Now, there are obviously revolutions, those are possible, but they're rare. <laughs> and we've already had one. And uh, we had one in order to create a system of government where incremental change was possible. Mm-hmm. And so I think within that system, um, there is still a lot of room for change and we see it happening all the time. In the last 10 years, we have seen a lot of change in terms of uh, people's attitude toward policing, for example, and not just their attitude toward policing, but the policies around policing, the policies around incarceration. Um, those have actually changed over time. And it's because people have constantly pushed and pushed and pushed 
for reform, for change, for incremental progress. And yes, there are still people out there saying we have to dismantle the police state. We need to dismantle the the carceral state. I get that. Those Those people have their role. But I think that at the end of the day, you need people who are willing to say, we, yes, we need to get to a place where this system is no longer uh, used to incarcerate generations of Black folks. And in order to do that, we have to take these 10 steps. Mm-hmm. And these 10 steps may not happen all at once, but if we get four steps this year, two steps next year, and three steps the year after that, after three years, you've made some progress. I, I, that's my view of it, but but you know, of course, I think that the there is a role for people who say we have to you know burn the whole place down uh, because sometimes they create a sense of urgency around mm-hmm. issues. They force things forward a little bit, maybe a little bit faster, but it never is a substitute for incremental change. It just sometimes pushes things a little bit. You know, maybe you skip a step instead mm-hmm. of going from beginning to end all in one leap. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I know. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna be such a good mom. <laughs> um, I hope so. <laughs> you will be. Uh, okay, I have a silly question. Um, would you ever get a pet lizard? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> Wait, not. is that like a thing? <laughs> yeah, so do that. Well, I was. But also, she was attacked. <laughs> she was attacked <laughs> by a no. lizard on live television. It's, Who? It's an, it is a Abby no was. Abby. <laughs> You didn't see that? You're lying. <laughs> it really yeah, so happened. I had to ask that question. <laughs> no, it's it's a no for me. Oh my god, I thought that was like an <laughs> Instagram not. trend of lizards or something that I missed. That no. is so scary. Oh, I hate I hate ooh, I hate those things. They're so gross. <laughs> Falling, yeah. Sorry. I know PETA was coming after me because they Oh, I'm sure like she killed the lizard. I was like, look, if I killed that lizard, I would have been even more horrified right. that I would have had lizard guts all over me. <laughs> no, I just Peter? batted the thing away. I mean, People you know were attacking me. Peter always pulls up. Yes. Wow. It was startling. <laughs> like, what are you supposed to do if a lizard starts climbing on it, you? Yeah, it like fell out of the tree and onto me. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm not going to lie. I was I have on, to live on television. Video. Oh, I mean, it's, it's out there. Trust me. It's- <laughs> and then in, in the clip <laughs> after that, you're like be in a rainstorm being beat up <laughs> and the whole umbrella is is flying off of yes. your head and you're still just speaking. Like, the life of a journalist. What? Television right. is not always actually, the most glamorous. Okay? Right. I like that's a thing that like all television journalists have to do is like deliver a whole report in the rain or something. And like keep it cute. Because <laughs> I always see that. Exactly. Like, that's, that is cute. part of the, that's part of the test. You have to figure yeah. out how to not let it phase you. Oh my gosh. Okay, serious question now. Um, We talk about a lot of things in the group chat that we won't necessarily bring on air just for fear of being canceled. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, what's Mm. happening in Israel and Palestine? Um, There's just, like, fears of if you really say how you feel, you might get canceled. Mm -hmm. Um, Are there any topics that you just, like, won't touch? There are, yeah, I mean, there are definitely a lot of topics that I don't touch. Mm. Uh, let me let me think about one that I can actually tell you because I feel <laughs> like there's yeah um, oh 
I don't know. No oh, pressure. Let, let, me, let me try to think. <laughs> I mean, I do, honestly, I, I do try to stay out of uh, that. Israel Palestine is a good, like there, there are conversations that there are things that I have to talk about at work. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there are things that I will not talk about with friends because I'm like, don't talk to me about this. Like y'all can have your arguments, mm. but I'm going to stay out of it. I actually think Israel Palestine is one of those things. Mm-hmm. I I'm just like, feel free talk amongst yourselves. I don't need to be a part of that conversation. Um, it's I so think, complicated. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just going to leave it at that. Let's, <laughs> Hence why I'm, I'm struggling to think about, I'm struggling to think about what else, but I think, but honestly, I'm sure there's like a long list. Like I have a, I mean, I cover politics day to day, but, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of friends who are very political. I live in DC, but I really don't, talk to my friends about politics at all. Mm. Like, Can you be friends with someone who has like a, like a huge stark difference in beliefs? Is that? Yeah, like the yeah. I, I have all kinds. Oh my God. I have all kinds of friends from all over the political spectrum. I just don't, I don't like to talk about politics in my, it, ha- it happens sometimes, but mm. I don't like to talk about politics in my friend group uh, because in general, I just don't think that it's necessary for me to do that. Maybe it's because it's my job, but I also just think like there are other interesting things about people other than their political views. And Mm. I'd rather talk about those things. So I do kind of have like a pretty, like when, if you, if, if you catch me at a party and people start talking to me about politics, I will like fade into the background <laughs> like, no way the simpson meme me. right but i'm sure people always like want the, to. i'm like blending into the curtains like i right. don't want to talk to you about this wait what's your sign because i've I'm, I'm noticed that you're um you said you're conflict not Averse. interested in that yeah hmm. okay what's your zodiac yeah, this might be confusing but i mean i'm a sagittarius so interesting i mean oh. i would say that generally speaking it's not so much that i I just, I'm just like, I don't have the time. Like, if I don't deal with you, I don't deal with you. I'm not, that's you know. On brand that's on brand for Sag. Trends. That's a Sag. I'm a Sag. That's, that is correct. That's on trend. You know, that's really more, more of what it is uh, in terms of that. But at the same time, like I said at the beginning about quitting your job, I'm a, I'm like a big believer in actually doing it. You know, like the conversation is tough, but I'm like, you got to do what you got to do. And you just have to pull the bandaid out, walk into the room, have the conversation as tough as it might be and just do it. So I'm very like down to business when it comes to things like that, but I'm also not going to like get into like, I'm maybe this is a Sag thing. I feel like sometimes I don't have like all the Zodiac rules together, but (laughs) I mean, I think that in general, my approach to, conflict is that I'm not going to get in a fight with you. Right. I'm just like, if we are not on the same page, I'm just not going to engage. I'm going to move on. Like I'm going to remove myself from the situation and be done with you. Oh yeah. Um, Glenn did that recently. So (laughs) that's how, that's how I approach it. I'm not like a a super emotional. I'm like, we're going to get into this big fight. Like, like when I have like friend breakups, it's usually like very silent. Like we just part ways. (laughs) Oh, 
no we just part ways yeah it's like I'm not gonna have like a confrontation with you about why we shouldn't be friends anymore Uh, we just had this whole conversation like an interview with this friend therapist or friend friendship coach Coach. and she said we have to have the conversation I mean maybe that is true I just must I'm just like different strokes for I don't like doing it either though trust me yeah I just sometimes I'm just like sometimes we don't need to have a conversation we've moved in different directions we're growing apart and we both know it. And so we let's know it, just right? do it. Right. I believe it. <laughs> Bye. Um, I really believe it. Okay. This is a serious question. It might be one that you won't touch. Do you think America is a racist country? Damn, I think Chelsea. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> Ripped off the bandaid. I know. I, know. Um, I think America is founded in racism for sure. Um. You know, I, I I don't know that I would say like America is a racist country any more than a lot of other places are racist because there are a lot of racist places mm-hmm. in this world. And um, and maybe America is no more or no less racist than all of those places, but we have a racist founding and a racist history. And that is 100% true. And so I don't know. I mean, I think I'm, I'm like the semantics of it. I'm just kind of like, what does being a racist country mean? Does it mean that it's permanently racist? I don't really think so. I think it just means that there are a lot of racist people who are here and there are a lot of racist people in a lot of other countries and that that the core of this country's founding was racism. Mm-hmm. Uh, a certain type of racism that is unique in a lot of ways. But as a daughter of immigrants, I also know that there is a lot of racism in a lot of other places too. And including in other places where slavery was a part of the the origin story of those places as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Silly, fun question. Have you ever been to Trinidad and Carnival? You know, it's the best show on earth. I haven't. (gasps) Ah. I haven't. I, mean, I, haven't I, either. I was like, Chelsea, neither of you. <laughs> no, I used to go every Did single year as a child so, to Kitty's Carnival. I so grew up going as a kid. In Trinidad? Every, every year. Oh, I didn't know you went in Trinidad. I thought yes. you did it. Your, did, I you, your did you live went. there, Chelsea? I did not live there, but my okay. father did. He was okay. he was deported. Um, so I used I used to go there all the time to visit him. Um, but my mom is she's what, like 67 now? My mom goes every year. Oh, I'm trying to go with her. It is Miss Carnival. Yeah, I, you know, I maybe I will do it. I'm kind of quickly getting into the place in my life where, you know, I'm about to have a child. <laughs> I don't know that that is still acceptable after a certain point for me personally. I don't know. I <laughs> I don't know, but I've been told by other people that it's totally acceptable to go and that I should just do it. I just, you know, it's, it's a little hard. Cause I'm like, I feel like if I didn't, I, I, it would be, it would be easier to do it at this stage in my life if I had started earlier, but I didn't. Right. Gotta so, work your way up. To war, that. Word, word of warning, start early. If you haven't gone, <laughs> go. Yeah. So that you don't end up like me. It's a life altering experience. <laughs> you still got plenty of time. Mm. You got plenty of time. I highly recommend. I mean, you might not be as, you know, mobily functioning as <laughs> right. back in the day. And then there's my husband who's <laughs> like, my husband is like, 
he he like on some sometimes he'll be like I want to go and then he'll be like I don't want these people anywhere near you. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, honey, we're gonna have to work on that. They will be, yeah, they just pick something and yep. whine on it. They do. <laughs> um, okay, one more serious question. Okay, so whenever there's an election, um, I have a few questions. I could talk to you all day, but I know we have to let you go. Um, whenever I, whenever there's like an election or something, I always like to watch like Fox. Just to see, because that's not my, that doesn't align with my personal beliefs. So just to see what people are hearing. And it's like you change, depending on what you, what news station you watch, you're getting different information. So how do you feel about how deeply polarized our country's news media is? I think it's very unfortunate, (laughs) but I also think that Fox News is a specific type of, um, irresponsible uh, disinformation machine that is different from, you know, you know, there's, there, there's partisan media, there's people who have opinions or whatever, but um, what they do, especially what they are doing increasingly now is very different. It's created a kind of alternative universe in which mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're getting all this anti-vaxxer stuff and, all of the, these lies about the election and so on and so forth. I think that that's, that's, um, that's a particular brand of dysfunction that is terrible for this country. It is terrible for this country. I think that as a journalist in general, yeah, I wish that more journalism were, um, you know, just, it's not about objectivity. It's just about, um, you know, truth, truthfulness and being mm-hmm. straightforward with the audience. I think actually it's okay to, you know, have people on who are partisans, who disclose their political views. That's fine. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think that I don't like this straight down the middle stuff. Cause I think that that's like kind of silly, but I just think that m- media that is more focused on facts and less focused on, you know, kind of carrying water for a political, a particular political party is better. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that doesn't mean being like somewhere down the middle where like each side gets half the pie. That's not how this, that's not how the facts work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like one side doesn't get half the pie when they're lying. Okay. Right. Like they get less than half the pie. So that's fine. But, um, but carrying water for po- political parties, I think is, really unhelpful to anyone and I wish there there were less than less of that but I also think that you know I think that Fox News is a different animal and they're doing things um to an extreme degree that is it's not just them I mean there's like OANN and uh Newsmax and whatever these channels are um that are pitching themselves as conservative news but are selling lies to their audience and I think that that is really dangerous Extremely. It really is. Well, Abby, thank you for coming on. Thank you for, I I don't know if you know you're doing this, but representing. Um, I don't want to put that pressure on you, but you're doing a great job. Making us Um, proud. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Making us proud. And I'm so happy for you and your future new baby. Um, And you're welcome to the group chat absolutely anytime. Oh, thank you so much. The group chat sounds like so much fun. (laughs) Yeah, maybe we'll find you at 
carnival one day. I know, never know. I know. <laughs> I'll try to, honestly, I'll try to work on that. <laughs> yes, you have to go. Obviously. It's in your blood. Yes, it is. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> All, right, All right. Have Abby, a great rest care. of your day. Thank you, guys. Thank you. What you do. Okay. So for what would you do? I got a very interesting letter. So it says, hey, BGT, my friend's boyfriend always tweets and Instagrams really wild shit. He's definitely a Trump supporter. He's black and believes in QAnon. I'm very confused because... I'm very confused because my friend is not like this at all, but they've been dating and his Instagram and Twitter really worry me. What should I do? Can I be friends with this guy? Should I just stay clear? Can I still be friends with her if she's dating someone like this? Any advice on how to move forward? Don't bring him around me. Him, dump her. QAnon? It'd be one thing if you were like, oh yeah, okay, I voted for Trump. QAnon, my nigga? Nah. <laughs> like, are I'm you a dumb? Concerned. Yeah, it's like, are, are you dumb? <laughs> also, like, are you, I'm like, I'm a little scared. I wouldn't go to their house. She could meet me outside. That's it. I don't know if I'm cutting off her, really, as long as we are sure that she doesn't share those same beliefs. But how could you not? And your man supports QAnon. <laughs> Some people beep involve all kind of crazy people. Listen, okay? No. We've heard it that, on the show before. That has got to go. You're on mute, girlfriend. Oh, <laughs> <talking> to myself. <laughs> um, yeah, I might have to dump her. Seems like she's a bad judge of character. Um, I don't know. That's weird. And he's black. I'm. Where do you meet somebody like that? Right. Y'all know, y'all know the Proud Boys him? leader is Cuban, like a oh, black yeah. Cuban. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say Cuban. That makes sense. No, 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 black, black Cuban. Cuban. He's a black Cuban. I think he's a little. No, he's, he's a not. black. No. He well, Glenn, you don't Cuban. think light-skinned people are black. That's I ain't never seen that. Who said that? <laughs> no, I said that the girl from In the Heights, the lead, I don't know. I need to I need to see. I need more evidence. But Afro-Latina? I'm not sure. Wow. I'm not sure. Look at that hair texture. That was a wig. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, a terrible was lace a front in that film. It wasn't a wig when they wet it. I saw it from the root. Curling up. That was a different scene. Oh, stop. They must have did something. It, I, I, anyway, she's back. That shit looks like um, a crazy ass wig to me. <laughs> so, yeah, good luck, sis. I don't mm-hmm. want that type of violence in my life. But you better watch out. He'll be sending bomb threats and shit. No, that's, what I, that's the thing I'm concerned with because those <laughs> be the people that will join the storm the capital. Right, exactly. <laughs> And then your, your friend is out here. You might have mad weapons and they're gonna in the be, house. And they're going to be like, oh, God. The, the, the N-I-G-G-E-R did it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. no. Um, good luck, Sistrin. Uh, good luck. Um, dump him and dump your friend. Um, so if you need more advice, email us at hello at blackgirlstexting.com. You can also slide up in other DMs. On Instagram at Black Girls Texting. You can also send us a tweet at Black Girls Text One. Um, and while you're doing that, maybe your apartment is a little chilly because you have on your AC and you might need a sweatshirt. So go online to blackgirlstexting.com and pick up some merch. 
And if you can't get enough of us, you just need more and more. Hit that Patreon, patreon.com backslash Black Girls Texting. Also, like, major shout out to all the people that are joining our Patreon. I am so grateful for you all. I'm like, now I'm like more invigorated to make Patreon content because like people are actually into it. So thank you so much. Um, Patreon, like the the episodes are obviously great. Like it's not like we're trying to make them bad or anything, but like the Patreon is like even better. And we were just solicited for um, a calendar photo shoot (laughs) Um, as well as what did they ask for Chelsea? They asked for calendar pics or a photo shoot. Which what? I don't get like I don't know some stranger news? I think they think this is a Patreon uh, OnlyFans only fans. and you know what it could become one. Oh my god I'm, I'm right see, look I don't Just be kidding. in the chat enough I need to tell me about this offline because I'm, I'm, I'm curious I'm what's like, the how price much, how much what kind of pictures can, do they want take a couple pics this could be January a whole calendar of us <laughs> February I'm posing absolutely dead <laughs> <laughs> I need to know more oh my god Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, guys, I actually have to run to a work call. Duty calls. All right. All right. See y'all later. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Black Girls Texting. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Oh, and don't forget to text every group chat you're in and tell them to check us out. Follow your girls at Black Girls Texting, and we'll see you next week. Bye. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough. And the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you. So you can always depend on us. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.